Hello, beautiful. Welcome to the Worthy Woman Podcast. I'm Aston Simmons. I'm a wife, a mum, and a relationship coach. And I am obsessed with creating relationships that are thriving, passionate, and loving. Even if you have zero time for your partner right now, there's no outside support for your kids. I didn't have that either. You're exhausted. You feel like you're just surviving each day. I hear you, I see you, I feel you, and I get it. And I'm here to help you navigate all of this and more with practical real-life tools and advice to help you feel more loved and supported so that you can conquer your life and your relationships like a queen. Let's get started. Today, I want to talk about what happens when you don't know your partner's love language. Now, this is huge because you will literally listen to this episode and you will understand why things are not clicking and working in your relationship the same way Adam and I did. So I'm going to talk about each of the love languages and what happens when you don't know what your partner's love language is and what normally happens is you show up with the opposite of what they want um, and that doesn't get you the result that you want. So I'm going to dive into each um, love language separately and give you examples um, and relate it to my personal life so that you can relate it to yours. So um, starting with physical touch, if your love language is physical touch and your partner is being distant, like they're, they're you know, they're not being close with you, they're not wanting to um, be touchy, cuddly, they don't want to kiss, they don't want to hold hands, They're, they're kind of pushing your touch away. This is going to create a lot of tension in the relationship. And at the start of mine and Adam's relationship, we've been together 19 years, um, when we first met, Adam, like most people would not believe this now, but it's the absolutely absolute truth, like hand on my heart. I remember specifically a time where we were at a train station, we were waiting for a train and I was like hugging Adam and like trying to kiss him and be all affectionate and his body language was completely rejecting me. He didn't want me to touch him, like he didn't even have to say it with his words. I could feel it. Um, and I went to kiss him and he like, he moved away and it would really hurt. Like if you've ever had somebody physically reject you when you're showing affection, it's really doesn't feel good. And I hear this from my clients as well all the time, um, where they go to show affection and their partner pulls away. And it, it really brings up that feeling of like rejection, abandonment, and not being good enough, not being worthy, not being loved. Um, And so I experienced that with Adam and I've heard this with so many couples and it tends to happen a lot if if that partner is an, an avoidant attachment style. And in the next episode, I'll be diving into attachment styles so you'll be able to learn more about how these kind of link into each other and how they um, really create these these ways of us relating in our relationship but so this was Adam and he was you know rejecting me and but because I had a secure attachment in myself I was able to not take offense and not take it personally and I um I just said to Adam like are you okay you look really uncomfortable and he said I'm really uncomfortable with like public displays of affection and I had no idea so 
we had not talked about love languages. I had no idea that this was something he was not comfortable with. So this is just an example of where if you're not secure in yourself and you don't know how to communicate what you're feeling or what's going on, you could think your partner is rejecting you. You could think they're abandoning you when they literally just don't understand your love language or you don't understand theirs. So if if this if you can relate to this, I really invite you to have a conversation with your partner and um, ask them what makes them comfortable in the way of like affection and, and communication and connection. What makes them uncomfortable? Like getting clear on what their boundaries are and, um, you know, have an open, non-judgmental conversation about that. When Adam shared that with me, I was like, oh, that makes total sense why you reacted that way. Um, and I just like was like I love you so much and I you know if that really makes you uncomfortable then I won't do that but honestly I love affection and one of my love languages is physical touch and I want to be able to be affectionate with you so is this something we might be able to work on and we have definitely worked on it Adam is way more um, affectionate probably more affectionate than me these days which is crazy Um, and even in public he is no problem smack me on the bum, give me a kiss, like dancing with me, doing anything. So we're just living proof that all of these things can change. None of this is concrete. And this is why like I I do discuss this with my clients in one-on-ones. I do bring these things up, but I also don't like to label people because I don't think the labels help us. I believe we evolve, we grow, we can all change. So you're, nobody is ever stuck. So all of these things can change and and Adam and I are living proof of this. Um, so, you know, it, it's true for everybody. So in diving into the second one, so praise or words of affirmation. So if you really value being, and this was um, Adam's, Adam really valued words of affirmation and praise. And for years, I didn't know. Um, and so I actually often would do the opposite and I would... Um, I'd be really like critical of him. I was really critical of myself and I'd, you know, not really call him names, but sometimes say like, oh, you're a dick or you're, you're being a jerk or, and I was just like, oh, you know, it's nothing. But to him, because his love language was words of affirmation and praise, it was like a stab in the heart. When I didn't say thank you, it like teared him apart. It made him not feel good enough. I used to be really sarcastic. I still love a little bit of sarcasm. There's definitely some of that in my personality, but I've definitely toned it down because I noticed that once I knew that this was Adam's love language over the years, when I was being really sarcastic with him, it it really hurt his feelings. Like you could see him um, pulling away and just feeling really hurt. And, you know, so it's just an opportunity to bring awareness to how you're interacting with your partner. And if their love language is words of affirmation or praise, and you're doing things like insulting them, calling them names, giving them the cold shoulder, giving them silent treatment, that's the worst thing you could do to someone who loves words of affirmation and praise is to give them silent treatment. It literally makes them feel like they do not matter and that they're invisible to you. Um you know, if you're putting them down in front of like family, friends, like especially if you do this to men, but really it's if you do it to anybody, man or woman, nobody likes to be put down in front of other people. So if you don't know that your partner's love language is words of affirmation and praise, you may be doing 
literally all of the opposite things that are causing like damage and um, eroding trust and love and connection in your relationship and you're not even aware of it Um, because I see it all the time and it was true for us as well. So if that, if you can relate to this one, I really hope this helps you to just bring awareness to it and again, have that conversation with your partner. And if you know theirs is words of affirmation, then really try. I've worked with a lot of women who struggled with this. Like they'd literally say, oh, like just to praise him, I just feel like I'm going to vomit. Like why? You know, and I get it. I totally get it. That's some of our own like healing and wounding from childhood that we need to work through. But if you love this person, like, It's not about changing yourself or changing the other person. It's about knowing what the needs of our partner is and doing what we can and what we're comfortable to do to meet those needs. Like nobody is perfect, but we all are coming to our relationships with the intention of creating a loving, happy, you know, healthy working relationship. And that means like knowing what each of our needs are and doing the best we can to meet them. So the third one, the third love language is um, acts of service. So if you know that your partner's love language is acts of service and like this just lights them up, if you literally start doing the opposite, so like not helping out at home at all, um, like expecting your partner to do everything for you um, and just not like not having any initiative, not... um, you know, not holding your side of, you know, not holding your weight in the relationship. If you're literally going out of your way to create more work for your partner and their love language is acts of service, they are going to get really frustrated, really angry, really tired and really exhausted. And they're, you know, they're going to take it out on you. So it just makes sense to stop teasing them, stop like, you know, judging that that's how they receive love and respect it and give them what they need. Show them that you do want to help them in the way that makes them feel loved. You know, do what you can to support them in the home or support them with the kids because you will benefit. Like I spoke about in the first episode, this is the key with love languages and even meeting our meeting each other's needs in the relationship. When we do this, we win too. So it's not one-sided. It's not that like one partner is getting everything working for them and the other isn't. It's not like that. When you actually start to practice this and you do it from a place of no expectation and just like giving and just service, this beautiful thing happens where your partner then wants to reciprocate. And it might not happen straight away, especially if you've got some resentment there, but it does happen over time because these positive acts of Um, meeting their love language, meeting their needs, it stacks and it stacks in a positive direction. And they start to see you in a different light when you start to meet their needs. Like I cannot stress this enough. It is so important in your relationship. Um, Okay, so quality time is the next one. So if your partner really values quality time, and I hear this from a lot of women that they really value quality time, but they haven't communicated it to their partner. So, you know, that's part of it um and so you really value quality time but you haven't communicated to your partner if they do things like they're always scrolling on their phone or you're trying to talk to them on and they're on their phone or when you're talking to them they don't look at you in the eyes um 
they forget everything you said. Like they look distracted or like they're not giving you presence and, and your full attention. Um, they're not making you feel important. Like quality time is like one-on-one, uninterrupted, and you feel like you're the most important thing. So if they're not making an effort to create that time, to have those dates or have those moments, and they're constantly distracted by kids, work, all the other things, it's like everything else is more important than you. And so if you haven't communicated to your partner that quality time is like the most important thing to you, And then they're doing all of that. You can't really blame them. So number one, you need to communicate to your partner. Look, I really am craving quality time with you. I want to spend one-on-one time with you. I miss you. Like do it from that place that you really want to spend time with them. And you can start to book in those dates or create those times. Like bring up some solutions and ways that you can do that um, to bring them on board. And then communicate to them like, hey, I know life is busy. I know work is full on. I know the kids are like chaos most of the time, but I would really love it when we do have moments that we get to connect and talk that like we leave our phones on silent or airplane mode or, you know, once you come in from work, if we can like turn our phones off and like just have family time together, whatever it needs to look like to you, like just communicate that, that I know you're not doing because your partner is not doing it because they don't care about you, but I know that's how it feels to you. Um, a lot of the time, partners who are very distant or avoidant also have that avoidant attachment style, which I'll go into in the next episode. And they, do, they honestly do not realize that they are hurting you by doing a lot of these things. It's really not personal like personal most of the time. It's normally to do with how they feel about intimacy or closeness or one-on-one time. Some people find it really difficult to have that one-on-one time, not just with you, but with themselves. They find that silence or that, um, you know, lack of stimulation, lack of busyness means that they have to hear their own thoughts. And sometimes they're having thoughts that they really want to ignore and they want to numb and that's what the scrolling on the phone is doing for them. And obviously that's not healthy, but just bringing some compassion and empathy and awareness to maybe this isn't about me. Maybe he's not like, maybe he's gaming for hours because he's got some stuff in his mind that he's struggling to work through. And when I sit with him and like want to have these deep conversations, it makes him really anxious and he starts to get a bit stressed, worrying about what's going to come up. So just bring awareness to this because I do see it all of the time. Like it's quite common in some dynamics of relationships that this comes up and I really just recommend just realizing that most of the time it is not personal. Most people do not want to just hurt each other just for the sake of it. Um, There is normally something else going on for them underneath. The next love language is gifts. So, and I think this is the last one. So if your love language is gifts and you haven't communicated this to your partner or you do things like I sometimes see women do this like that they really value gifts but they feel bad about it or they feel like it's shallow or they don't want to be a spoiled brat or whatever the thinking is but so they'll say things like oh no don't worry I don't need anything for my birthday or I don't need anything for Christmas or I'm fine and really 
like men just take that on face value. Like they just go, oh, okay, she said she didn't want anything. And then when you don't get anything, you're upset, you're angry, you're frustrated. And I understand because I'm a woman, but men don't work like that. Men say what they mean. They just do. They don't, like, especially a masculine man. So if you say something, they are going to just assume, oh, she didn't want anything. Like they are going to assume the same thing. Unless they've done some work on getting to know, like, meeting different needs in a relationship, learning how women work, understanding the differences in how we communicate, which is what we teach in our programs, unless they've actually bought some awareness and learnt about that, they're going to have no idea. They're completely clueless. And when you're angry that you don't have a present and you've said that you're fine and you don't need anything, this is why they end up so confused. They're literally like, she's crazy. Like, this is so confusing. She said she didn't want anything and now she's angry at me because I didn't get her anything. Um, And I laugh because, you know, I've seen this happen a lot and, you know, but I know when you're in it, it does hurt. So, The answer is to be really clear. If your love language is gifts, do not feel guilty about it. All of these love languages, all of your needs, it is always valid. It is always okay to ask for what you you want and need. You do need to realize that the other person may not meet your expectation or need in the way you want because we're all different um, and that is okay. But you do get to communicate what you need and want. So, you know, yeah, if you have a partner who like forgets to forgets your anniversaries or like um, doesn't, you know, doesn't give you a card and you really value like having a card with your gift or um, that they just forget what they've given you. Like that happens as well where like they'll be like, oh, I, you know, a woman will say, I love it so much that you bought me this and it was really thoughtful. And then he's like, oh, did I buy that for you? That kind of stuff can really hurt um, a woman, but even a man, if you really value gifts, because it's really important to you. So, um, uh, often if you really value gifts, you'll probably be like, this is a hint. They, they often leave hints and they often like, um, yeah, drop hints, drop like requests and just, I don't know, leave like catalogs around the house and, you know, they'll do things like that, um, to really, nudge you in the right direction of what they want and that gifts are important to them but even so like I said before the best thing to do in a relationship is to be crystal clear about what you want and need and what your love language is so I I just want you to reflect on this episode and just think about where you and your partner maybe are doing the opposite of what the other person needs just because you haven't got clear about what your love languages are or how you receive them and what they actually mean to you because this is the thing with human beings. It's never the thing. It's always our relationship to the thing. So all of these love languages and whether you meet them or not, your partner makes a meaning about it. And unfortunately, most of our brains look for the negative or look for what's not working. And so we create a, me- a meaning that is really disempowering and that, uh, that doesn't serve us. Often it's a meaning of like, I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy of what I want. And that is not true. Most of the time, your partner just is literally not aware of what your love language is or how to how to actually meet it. 
Um, so having the conversation and being really clear and communicating it is the key. Um, and also just being open to learning more about your partner and what makes them tick, what turns them on, like what they enjoy, what they dislike, what are their fears, what are their dreams, what are their desires. Like we get so stuck in ourselves and we think that everybody is the same as us and honestly nobody is the same as us. Nobody thinks the same as you, nobody wants the same as you. So I really, really invite you in your relationship to just get really curious about getting to know each other. And if you've never done any personal development work on yourself or you've never actually learned more about relationships, I really encourage you to do this because it is such a big part of our lives. And so many of us are just driving blind, like with no lights on at all, just having no idea, just completely just hoping that it works and then we hit all these roadblocks and you know side streets and we get lost in our relationships and we get stuck and we don't need to because there's so many answers out there for you you know you can read books you can do courses we have online courses like these days you don't have to just do therapy and counseling so many couples we speak to have like a um, stigma or resistance to doing therapy and counseling. And I get it, like totally. My husband was not into it either, but I kept looking because there's more answers. Like they are not the only two ways. There is infinite possibilities. You know, you can book in a call with me. You can send me a DM if you don't want to speak to me on the phone. Um, you know, there's so many ways that you can get the answers that you need to take your relationship to a place that you want it to be. Um, and you really deserve it. Like it's such a huge part of your life. So I really hope this episode has helped to just clear up a bit more around love languages and what might be happening in your relationship if you're not meeting those love languages and why it is so important that you start to get curious about your partner and start to work on your relationship so that you can experience more of that love and connection that you really, really crave and yearn for and you 100% deserve because you are so worthy. Thank you so much for being here. I've absolutely loved spending this time with you and I hope you got so much value from today's episode. If you have, please leave an authentic review. I would love that. It means the world to me and share it with a friend or sister who you believe could get value from this too. And I would love you to continue the journey with me. If you want more, come and join the free Facebook community. Here you'll find even more advice, tools and support to help you have that relationship you deserve as a worthy woman. I cannot wait to see you on the inside. Thank you.